You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Heart Matters, where leading cardiology experts explore the latest trends, technologies, and clinical developments in cardiology practice. Your host for Heart Matters is Dr. Jack Lewin, Chief Executive Officer of the American College of Cardiology. It seems we work so much these days, we might as well get our personal mail delivered at work, maybe even have a hide bed in your office. Now, that may seem a bit far-fetched, but many of us do receive our health insurance coverage from work, and an increasing percentage of us are participating in so-called wellness programs at work. As we anticipate reforms in our healthcare system, what is the future role of the employer and the workplace in this movement? Our guest is Chris Jennings, president of Jennings Policy Strategies, a health policy and advocacy consulting firm based in Washington, D.C. Mr. Jennings served as White House senior health care advisor during the Clinton administration. Welcome, Mr. Jennings. It's a pleasure to be with you, Jack. You know, Chris... In some ways, the employer coverage era has been under assault. I know that in California, less than 50% of the employers actually offer coverage these days. There's been a slow attrition of employer coverage in some markets, but it's still the mainstay of how most of us get our health insurance coverage if we're working in the workforce. So given the background of the importance of employer coverage in the past and wondering where it's going to go in the future, Can you give us some background about the growing trend of health care offered at the employer level? There, in fact, you know, used to be that we had these clinics and even some cases in agricultural environments, hospitals that were provided by employers when health coverage wasn't so commonly offered as as a benefit. But worksite clinics that provide preventive and primary care services, is this a trend of the future or is this just sort of a small trend that may go away as we get comprehensive coverage? Well, Like all things health, as you well know, everything is more complicated than you would like it. I think for larger and mid-sized firms who have some resources in which they can invest up front, they are seeing this as a potential trend of the future. They see it as important to productivity. They see it as important to retention and recruitment of employees. They think that it has longer-term benefits for those employees who stay with them over the long haul. In other contexts, the smallest of businesses uh, who are suffering, and now in particular, and also, by the way, are particularly our engine for job growth, they don't invest as much. In fact, sometimes they don't provide any health care benefits, let alone any type of support on wellness programs or job-based clinics, simply because they don't have the resources so to do. So I actually tend to believe that we will pretty much see that division continue, although there may be some pooling or collaborations among small businesses. There may be some government investments that might support that. There are really important benefits for those investments. And, of course, Worksite, as you point out at your intro, is where people are. So you get them where they are, just as we need to do the same thing for our children for exercise and nutrition. And I know that's something that you and others have advocated for years. So I see those are general trends, but I don't see it as the one-size-fits-all solution to any of our challenges. Well, you know, a large number of us physicians and policy folks like you also have been impressed that some employers, particularly the jumbo employers, have even gotten into evidence-based prevention programs where they're saying, gee, if the system doesn't do this for us, we'll do it. And 
They're trying to apply science to deal with things like flu, vaccinations, smoking cessation programs, and, and many other kinds of programs. Should tax breaks or government subsidies play a role in expanding these kind of opportunities? Well, I think, as usual, the employers frequently are the lead in terms of innovation. They have primarily because they're so frustrated with the cost and value that they're seeing for the return on their investment that they want to get better information to empower themselves to be better purchasers, to decide what should be covered and what should not be covered. But as they'll be the first to tell you, and I do work with employers, large and small, that they can't do it alone. Number one, they don't have the market share to drive change. They want to work with the Medicare program and other large purchasers to do that. And they want to work with the physician and nurse community to develop information, whether that be through quality standards and on the work that you've been doing quite a bit, as well as uh, comparative effectiveness research, which they see as, well, there is a private sector role for investment in those areas to produce that type of data and research, that there needs to be a significant federal infusion of dollars to accelerate that process. And fortunately, as we're seeing as we speak in the discussion around the stimulus economic recovery legislation is a very substantial new investment in that area that will help both the public and private sectors evaluate what works and what does not work so well. That's great. The employer trend toward wellness is interesting to me. Of course, the epidemic, if you will, of diabetes and obesity is going to cause not just a huge leap in morbidity and mortality, but in healthcare costs at a time when we're already non-competitive with other nations in the global economy because of our relatively higher healthcare costs and morbidity mortality numbers that look pretty similar to many other places. Do you think that more employers are going to want to get into wellness programs or should get into wellness programs? I know that jumbo employers are concerned about jumbo employees and are doing some exciting things. Is this a trend that may become relatively universal, even for smaller employees, through the vision of the future? Probably only if there is some partnership with the public sector, particularly for the smaller businesses, can that happen, maybe through tax credits or other incentives to move in that direction. You are absolutely correct. The obesity epidemic is driving so many problems in diabetes and heart disease that drive so much of our cost. And if we don't do a better job both preventing and caring for our chronically ill populations, we can talk all we want about constraining health care costs and improving value. We simply will not be able to do so. And many of these wellness programs can make a contribution to it. Having said that, I have to be honest that there are skeptics amongst the business community and the policy community about whether we know how to target those investments well and get the biggest bang for the buck, and whether frequently the, the healthiest populations in the workforce take advantage of them and the unhealthiest don't. And that may therefore need to be combined with other 
incentives, not just programs, but financial incentives. And people are trying to do that without designing policies that move us towards an excessively paternalistic and nanny state type thing. So it's definitely a huge element of the ongoing discussion of reform. Sure. And then there's the controversies about penalties as well that employers might impose and whether that's even legal. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, Radio XM 160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Jack Lewin. Our guest is Chris Jennings, president of Jennings Policy Strategies and a former White House senior health care advisor to President Bill Clinton. We're discussing the role of employers in the health reform movement. Chris, President Obama has put a proposal forward. He wants it to be fleshed in with the help of the public and Congress and, and all the constituencies. So if you're covered by an employer today and you like your coverage, the president says you can stay where you are. But employers who don't offer coverage, in the president's view, would pay a fine under this plan. How's that going to move this whole agenda? Is that going to take employers out of the picture, or is it going to engage them? Or how do you see this playing out? Of course, he wouldn't call it a fine. And I think what he would say is, first and foremost, we need to exempt small businesses from any type of requirement to pay for health care solely because they just don't have the resources to make that investment. And in fact, beyond that, he's suggested a policy also advocated by Senator Clinton during the campaign, which was a tax credit for small businesses to voluntarily purchase that health care. For larger businesses, he does believe that as part of shared responsibility, employers should make a contribution to health care. Now, that contribution would be on average far less than what most employers are currently offering. And as a consequence, there is a perception by many employers who are offering that other employers are sort of free-riding the system and they have a competitive advantage. So what he would say is, we'll do that. We will ask larger businesses to contribute, but it's got to be in a system that ensures that we're not spending good money after bad. And and this goes back to something you, Dr. Lewin, have talked so much about, which is sort of improving quality and value in the healthcare system. So it is not acceptable to have that type of required contribution in any context if we don't find a way to get better value out of our healthcare system, and things have to be done together. We can't afford to have 25, 30% of the dollars we invest in healthcare producing no more health or well-being. So now the business community is engaged in this health reform debate as well. The single-payer advocates are saying, get the businesses out of this, just take them out and, and develop a federal system. But business is coming to the table and saying, no, we want to be still part of this. How do you see that being crucial, and where do you think business is going to help move the agenda? Well, frequently the business community is the ultimate tiebreaker in difficult policy debates in Washington, and I think it's very encouraging that both large and small and retail and manufacturing-based representatives of the business community are extremely engaged in and supportive of broader reform. I think one other thing about the public at large, and this is, I think, reflected in President Obama's vision of reform, which is he talks about keeping what you have, and if you don't like what you have, choosing another option. Well, you know, as you pointed out, again, in your introduction, since the employer community does provide the majority of health coverage for our under-65 population, if we did not find a way to build on that 
mechanism, we would have a lot of disruption. And I think there's certainly plenty of disruption going on in our economy right now, and I think that probably that's not the direction we're going to go in. Yeah, I, I would agree. Chris, you know, 16 years ago, <laughs> hard to believe, isn't it? You and I and, and others were very excited about health system reform at the beginning of the Clinton administration. It was going to happen. It was coming. We were going to get it done. So we're right now at a place where it's like history repeating itself with respect to that, that effort. What do you see as the big differences between then and now? And what does the Obama team need to do differently to get this to, get this to move this time around? Well, there are a number of differences. One, I'd start off with the business community discussion that we've had is far more engaged the community and far more diverse. The small business community, as much as the large businesses, really want to see something meaningful happen in this area. And as you know, that wasn't the case back in 1992, 1993. But beyond that, I would say, is a couple of important points. One is that the economists both those in and outside of government who are advising the Congress and the President all have concluded that we need to reform our health care delivery system to deal with our long-term competitiveness as well as our ability to sustain our fiscal situation and our economy writ large. And then a couple other quick points. One is the whole value quality discussion where physicians and purchasers are coming together to work collaboratively to improve our health care delivery system is new. As you know, we really didn't do much of that last time around. And I would add just two other issues. The very fact that we did the reform attempt in 9394 has substantially informed the debate and altered both the policy as well as the messaging around it. You've seen that in President Obama's policy. There's no longer any small business mandates, no mandatory alliances, no premium caps, all those sort of things. And he did reflect that message of if you like what you have, you keep it, which I think is a comforting message to many people. And the stakeholders themselves, last time around, everyone's second best choice was to do nothing. And now I think whether they're, it's not just consumer labor business, but providers and plans and manufacturers all have concluded that second best is no longer to do nothing. In fact, doing nothing has severe consequences that put them in very difficult situations. So for all those reasons, I'm a little bit more encouraged than I ever have been that this might be the moment of opportunity. I like that. And we've been talking with Chris Jennings about the role of employers in the health reform movement. Chris, thank you for being our guest. It was my pleasure. So good to talk to you. You've been listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For more information on this week's show or to download a podcast of this segment, please visit us at ReachMD.com. Thank you for listening.